0: At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow.
1: On this episode of Newt's World, as we approach the midterm elections on Tuesday, November 8th, we're facing record-breaking inflation, high rates of crime across the country, huge waves of migrants coming over the southern border. I think this November's elections are some of the most important in our history because the votes people cast are truly going to decide the future of our country for the next decade or more. As one of the architects of the contract with America almost 30 years ago, I do believe it's important for leaders to tell the American people what they stand for. And Republicans in the House have released the Commitment to America, which is similar to the contract, in that it is very clear what policies Leader McCarthy and the Republicans will deliver on if they take over the House in January. And let me say up front, I believe that this podcast is with the next Speaker of the House. I do believe they're going to win. I also have to say before introducing him that I have known Kevin for a very long time. In fact, I think he was getting his Boy Scout badge in government when I first met him. I've watched him learn and grow and work he is going to be, I think, a historic speaker and somebody who will return the House to being the people's house. Kevin, welcome and thank you for joining me again on Newt's World. Well,
3: thank you, Mr. Speaker, and I appreciate all of you've done for this country. But you are correct. The American public should be able to have a contrast when it comes to an election. They should be able to decide which direction they want America to go. That's why we have, for the last year and a half, all the members in the Republican conference have been put into different task forces to look at the challenges that you just spoke of, that America has been fighting with, and come up with solutions. And we rolled those out in Pittsburgh on Friday. And why did we do that? We want this election... To be about issues. We want America to decide where do you want to go? Do you want to have a stronger economy? Do you want to have a nation that is safe? Do you want to have a future that's built on freedom? Do you want your government to be held accountable? And people will say yes to that, but what does that really mean? Well, I will tell you on the very first day, if you want an economy that's strong, you gotta cut the wasteful spending. So on that very first day, We will cut the funding for 87,000 more IRS agents that were only put through with the Democrats to go after American public, especially the middle class. We will make sure we're energy independent, lower the price of gasoline, which will also lower inflation. And the supply chain that we have lost and become dependent on China, we're gonna bring that back to America. Just a few things under making an economy that's stronger, that we're pledging to the American public exactly what we'll do. And their vote can determine whether that happens.
1: You know, one of the things that most impressed me, again, having done this myself a long time ago, you actually are much more sophisticated and have been much more invested in this than we ever were. And as I understand it, you actually began organizing very early in this Congress well over a year ago to get people thinking in a positive way about how they can solve problems and return us to an America that works. Could you talk to us for a second about how you went out to your members and explained to them and got them engaged? Because I remember you allowed me to come down and be with you at your last planning retreat, and I was astonished how many members were already committed and thinking and working on how they were going to try to solve the nation's problems. And that goes back well over a year.
3: Yeah, well, if you go back to the last election, we were 31,714 votes short of winning the majority out of 152 million. So we had actually thought about, what if you become the majority, what would you do? We have a number of members who work towards that way. Even though we're in the minority, we don't have the thought of being in the minority. We are elected to govern, and we propose solutions. So you're correct. I invited you to that planning session, and if you notice... There weren't any other speakers besides members themselves because what we were sitting together going through, and that wasn't our only time, we would break it out into different categories and we did it through members, brought people in to talk to us, but we would hold these meetings every single week and every member could be a part of them. We'd have a separate conference during the week outside of our normal one just on one certain topic, be it the border. And you'd have a number of members that would not only be educated on it, but traveling down to the border, which I'll give you one example. I went there about a year and a half ago talking to a border agent. I was asking them, how is it different? They said, you know, we're catching people on the terrorist watch list. Well, I happened to be having a press conference right after that. I said at the press conference, we're now catching people on the terrorist watch list coming across this border. The Democrats attacked me and said I was lying. This was coming from Democrats who are on the Armed Services Committee and others. Well, when I proved that it was not a lie, you know what this administration did? Tried to withhold the information now from Congress. You know, we got two people on different days from Yemen coming into California. Why would they be coming there on the terrorist watch list from Yemen? And what do they have planned? And so as we worked together, we were crafting legislation. We were using committees. And one thing you've learned, Newt, sometimes committees have joint jurisdiction and the bills would slow down. So what we did on the task force would put every committee that had jurisdiction together so when we take the majority, it's not something we hope to get done. We're ready to go on that very first day that those committees will be at work. And the other thing we've put a lot of thought into is, as you know, structure dictates behavior. And the Congress today is not what it was when you were here. People don't have to show up for work anymore, members of Congress. They proxy vote. Bills don't have to go through committees. You start out by walking through magnetometers and fining members $5,000. You take away the motion to recommit for the minority to even have a motion or an amendment on a bill. So you had a whole system that the power rested with the speaker instead of what the American people designed of loaning their voice to their member to be heard. And so we're going to wipe all that away, make Congress live under the rules of America, make it perform the way it was designed to in what America truly believed.
1: Well, and and if I could interject for a second, because people say to me, these pledges are fine, but how do you make it real? Literally, on the opening day of Congress, you will have a new set of House rules. And so you can abolish things like proxy voting literally the very first day of Congress. You can wipe out the magnetometers the very first day of Congress. So this isn't just sort of political language. You actually have a plan, as I understand it, to implement in virtually real time from the moment you're sworn in as speaker.
3: We do. And you know this as a student of history. You know, there's only been four times in the last hundred years as the House flipped from Republican to Democrat. You proved it after 40 years. I mean, in your contract with America, we've had ability to know now, if you got the majority, what you could do. On that very first day, probably one of the most important things you do are the rules of the House, because that's the day you propose it. We will wipe away proxy voting. And what does that mean to the American public? That the person you lend your voice to is going to have to come to Washington be in a committee and be on the floor and deliver your message and vote instead of getting a paycheck and being at a wedding in France for some movie star. I just don't think that's what the American people expect. There's some members who have never been back since they voted for speaker. They've just been home. How can they participate? They're almost malpractice for their constituents by not being here. And You have Democrats who say bills don't have to go through committees. I have took 10 different members out to MIT. MIT has a course to teach generals in our military, artificial intelligence, and quantum. Whichever country is able to capture that first will have an advantage over others. Well, I've watched Democrats create every committee into a political committee. Look what happened to the Intel committee. It's now become a political committee where they missed what happened in Afghanistan because Shift is only worried about impeachment. You got a Swalwell who the FBI tells you has a relationship with a China spy and they keep him on there. When Swalwell leaves Congress, he cannot get a security clearance in the private sector, but the government of America provides him the biggest security clearance now. There's 200 other Democrats who could take that job. If I happen to be Speaker, Republicans and Democrats alike, we've got MIT developing a course on artificial intelligence and quantum, have the members take it together So they understand the strength and weaknesses of America and what's coming before us. Same thing with armed services. We can change the course. And this is the real debate that your listeners need to understand. The Democrats who brought us inflation with their $2 trillion bill that only they voted for, that brought us crime back into our streets at our highest level in 20 years because they defund the police and they elect these liberal prosecutors who will not uphold the law to a border that is wide open. Now fentanyl is killing the equivalent of one full airliner every day crashing in America. The number one death to Americans between the ages of 18 and 45, fentanyl. And they have no plan to fix it. That's what a commitment is. It is our plan for a new direction for America.
1: Hi, this is Newt. We have serious decisions to make about the future of our country. Americans must confront big government socialism, which has taken over the modern Democratic Party, big business, news media, entertainment, and academia. My new best-selling book, Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future, offers strategies and insights for everyday citizens to save America's future and ensure it remains the greatest nation on earth. Here's a special offer for my podcast listeners. You can order an autographed copy of my new book, Defeating Big Government Socialism, right now at Gingrich360.com slash book and we'll ship it directly to you. Don't miss out on this special offer. It's only available for a limited time. Go to Gingrich360.com slash book to order your copy now. Order it today at Gingrich360.com slash book. One of the things I was struck with that really made me look at your leadership, was that all of the experts said in 2020 that the House Republicans were gonna lose 25 seats. You actually ended up gaining 15, which is a swing of 40 from the projection. And you did it by really remarkably aggressive recruiting of women and minorities. Can you comment just for a second about how much you have reached out to broaden the party, which is now going to make a commitment?
3: Look, I believe this party is inclusive, and that's what I want to be. You're right. In that last election, the generic ballot at that time was Democrat 6.8. So it was going to be a bad night for Republicans. We lost the Senate. We lost the White House. But an interesting thing happened in the House that had not happened until when you became Speaker. It was the first time since 1994 not one Republican incumbent lost. And think about that. And all that time, 2010 and everything else. And every pollster, the Cook Report, 15 to 25 seats Republican lose. And we beat 15 Democrats. But every Democrat lost to a Republican woman, a Republican minority, or a Republican veteran. So what I really focused on is going across this country, finding people who represent their district and give them an opportunity. Do you realize in that last election when the generic ballot was so bad for Republicans, we elected the most Republican women In the history of the Republican Party. I believe in not Washington picking who's to run. Let the constituents and give them an opportunity. I'll give you an example. We had a special election a couple months ago and I was talking to some donors across the country saying, I need some help in this race and said, well, tell me a little bit about it, Kevin. Okay. Well, this is an interesting district. The Democrat retired, but leaving early to try to become a lobbyist. So I want to run a race, but I want to try to win it in the primary, which is mathematically harder because more people are running. But this district is 84% Hispanic. It's the second most Hispanic seat in the country. And they said, well, how did it perform in the presidential? Well, just a year and a half ago, Biden won it by 13, and Obama won it by 22. They said, well, when's the last time a Republican held it? Well, more than a century. And they said, well, you must have a really good candidate. I said, oh, she's a fabulous candidate. If she was to win, she'd be the first Mexican-born woman ever elected to America. And they said, "Well, has she ever been elected anything? "No, no." And her husband's a border agent. Well, Myra Flores is a congresswoman today. And if we have a good night, Newt, you know what would happen? The entire border in Texas to Mexico would be represented by Republicans except one, and three of them would be Republican Latinas. and Tony Gonzalez. Then you go to Arizona, I'll give you an example. Juan Siscamani. Juan Ciscomani is like everyone in America, our story about our families. He was born in Mexico. His father, mother and himself came to America. His father still drives the bus for the city in Tucson, Arizona. Loves this country dearly. On his Christmas tree the bulbs are the American flag. Juan Ciscomani married his wife went to Stanford. They have 6 children. He's an economic advisor. When he won the nomination, he calls me the next day. Kevin, he goes, I can't believe how great this country is. My election party was two blocks away from the doctor's house. I used to go mow the lawn and wash the car with my father to earn extra money. And this country just now gave me the opportunity to represent him. That's who we are. But that's also who the Republican Party is, right? Republican Party believes that we were conceived in liberty and dedicate the proposition that we are all equal. Or you look at Wesley Hunt, John James, Jennifer Green. All three of these individuals happen to be African American, but went to West Point and Air Force Academy. They served their nation already, but now they feel a real challenge to serve their nation again. This is what our opportunity looks like, and I think at the end of the day, why we'll be so successful? The commitment for America, I think, has generated more people into this party. And especially in the Hispanic community, I think we're going to have one of the biggest nights Republican Party has had, but it won't be the last time. It'll continue to grow.
1: In that context, as you launch this commitment to America, giving people who are running for office something real and giving their voters sort of a scorecard to measure them by, I'm very curious. You decided last Friday to launch it publicly in western Pennsylvania. Why did you pick that as the site? What were you trying to say to the country? Well, Washington is definitely
3: broken. I don't want the symbol of Washington. What I've really found the Republican Party to be, it's the party of the people, the working people of America. So we went to Pittsburgh to a manufacturing facility. and I was at a manufacturing facility just a couple weeks ago in Scranton, Pennsylvania, happens to be the home of our current president. While the president goes to Philadelphia and gives this speech that we've never really heard before. We want to show our policies make America stronger. Our plan makes America stronger. We're going to leave that supply chain back from China to America. It's a great contrast where the Democrats are dividing America. We're offering a new direction to bring us together and make us stronger. So it wasn't about symbolism. It's who we are and who we represent and where we want to be associated with.
1: And in that context, the people who are going to be helping you launch it, the group that actually will be in Pittsburgh is an amazingly diverse group, both in geography and ethnic background and age. I mean, I've been so impressed as I've had a chance on a number of different issues to meet with people. And there are really a lot of bright people who have, I think, probably reacted to how badly the country is being governed right now. And have kind of come out of the woodwork.
3: We're finding that clear across the country. Myra Flores, never run before, didn't know whether she could win or not, but that didn't matter to her. Or in the last election, a young Kim born in South Korea. Or Maria Salazar. Kat Kamek, the youngest woman elected right now into Congress. Or you get a Tony Gonzalez down along the border. I mean, we've got a number of cross sections that were there in Pittsburgh Because they've been a part of this for the last year and a half, listening to their constituents, understanding what we need to do. They're hearing from them, too. I mean, think about where crime is in America today, the highest it's been in 20 years, where the only plan the Democrats give you is a defunding of the police. We, inside The Commitment, talk about supporting 200,000 more police officers. We're going to give them bonuses, recruiting. We're going to oppose any efforts to defund them. But we're going to do something different as well. We've got legislation in there to crack down on these prosecutors and district attorneys who refuse to prosecute crimes. That's become a real problem. We watch from L.A. to New York, what is happening on our streets day after day. And this isn't just an issue between Republicans and Democrats. This is whether you feel safe in America. And then you just think about how do you build a future that could be built on freedom We're going to pass, and what's in commitment, is a parent's bill of rights. This whole lost learning that has happened to our students during the pandemic. And the Democrats have no plan to fix that or to catch these students up, and we do. We're going to expand parental choice to over a million more students. We're going to defend the fairness by ensuring only women can compete in women's sports. I mean, really... Our kids, I'm worried about them competing with India and China in the changing future. And we've just had a whole lost learning for the last two years. So we're gonna pass a parent's bill of rights and the DOJ is not gonna be able to go after parents and call them terrorists simply because they care about their kid's future and go to a school board meeting and question what is happening.
2: Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity Voice Remote.
0: I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers, and I'm Elahe Azadi.
1: One of the places where you have a pretty clear and specific program outlined is in how we secure the southern border, which I know has been, from your standpoint in California, a huge long-term concern for you. How will the House Republicans, in implementing the commitment, how would they focus that part of it that relates to getting the border under control?
3: Well, if anybody wants to read any of this, you go to commitmenttoamerica.com, and you can read it all. You can see all the policies. But what we'll do with the border is First of all, you got to fully fund an effective border enforcement. you got to have the strategies. you got to have the enforcement to be able to finish what we have down there. you got to prevent the illegal crossings and the trafficking by these cartels. These cartels are making a billion dollars a month. So how do you do that? You end catch and release loopholes. You require legal status to get a job. And you eliminate welfare incentives. We know how to secure a border. We know what a secure border looks like. What this Biden administration has done is such hypocrisy. It's not just Arizona. It's not just Texas. It's not just California. Every community in America has now become a border city because we've watched what has happened to fentanyl and the crime that is coming across. But you know what's most interesting? Remember back a week or so ago when 50 people were shipped up to Martha's Vineyard. The outcry from the Democrats about human trafficking. Did they say one word when more than 50 individuals died in the back of a trailer in Texas? Or the hundreds of thousands of people who come across every day? Or the illegal human trafficking that is happening with those young children? across? It's coming from 160 different countries. And we have a president that's never been to a border in 42 years. A vice president is supposed to be in charge who ignores it, who actually claims that the border is secure. They actually claim they are better off today than they were two years ago. Gasoline is higher. We've got 20 million Americans that can't afford their electrical bill, and winter is coming. We've got a supply chain that is worse today than when he took office after the pandemic. We've got crime within our streets happening at a higher level than we've had in two decades. We've got men competing in women's sports. We've got big tech kind of control what we were able to say and do to protect the president's son. And we've got no accountability in Congress. We don't know where COVID originated from. We don't know why he made those decisions in Afghanistan that brought us 13 more gold star families. And where's the check and balance from the runaway spending that brought us this inflation? It's not us who claim that it was. Even Larry Summers, a former Democrat Secretary of Treasury, and Steve Ratner, the Democrat advisor to Obama, calls it the original sin of inflation. And every person in America should be asked this question. Could you afford to give up one month of your wages? I imagine most all Americans would say no. But they have no choice, because the Democratic policies have taken that. One month of your wages in a year is 8.3% inflation is 8.3%. So you now have to live for 12 months by only making 11 months. That's why they made your life harder, more difficult. And we have a plan to change the direction at commitmenttoamerica.com.
1: We are in such a mess that if we're going to restore the America that works, it's going to take the kind of comprehensive approach that you're developing and I would say to all of our listeners, having helped develop the contract with America, the commitment to America is a much more sophisticated, much larger program. I also have to put in a brief editorial comment that few things have given me more satisfaction than Kamala Harris going on Meet the Press announcing that the border was secure and Governor Abbott promptly sending two busloads of illegal immigrants to the bus stop next to the vice president's residence. I thought it might have communicated to some extent that she didn't know what she was talking about. I checked over the weekend, and there were 1,100 people a day coming into El Paso, every day, 1,100 people. And in that setting, 50 people arriving at Martha's Vineyard, of course, was a crisis of the First Order and led people to immediately panic and seek to get the National Guard out. And you just had to wonder... I mean, do they have no notion of how stupid this all looks? Between Kamala Harris and our good friends in Massachusetts, I thought you couldn't have better examples of how out of touch with reality they have become.
3: I have to be honest with you, I don't watch MSNBC, uh, Morning Joe, or the others, but I did that day, and I do it after the day after the election too, because I like to see the excuses of me. You should have seen their faces, About 50 people in Martha's Vineyards. They were so upset. Such hypocrisy of what they have done and what they have created. And that's why we went out to Pittsburgh to go to real America to talk about real problems and real solutions. You know, it seems like every single week Nancy Pelosi takes the plane and goes on a farewell tour to another country. You know what we're going to do the day after the election? We're gonna get on and we're only gonna go to America. We're gonna go to different parts of America and continue to sit down with real Americans, talking to them about the commitment. So on the very first day, we are prepared. We'll repeal the 87,000 new IRS agents. We'll establish energy independence so your gas price could be lower. So it's not like the president who gets excited when your price of gas is over six bucks or you fear fearing or question whether you can afford to pay your winter heating. We're going to secure our border to stop what is coming across from fentanyl to the individuals on the terrorist watch list. We're going to pass the Parents' Bill of Rights so every parent knows what is being taught in their children's school and give them a choice. We're going to turn around Washington because what's going to happen is these agencies are going to be held accountable for their runaway spending, for what the lobbyists are trying to direct on them. And that is just the beginning. So we want everybody to go to commitmenttoamerica.com, join with us, because we promise to get this through the House, but we're going to need your help to make it become law.
1: Well, and I think that's a key point to sort of really bring this home with, that in the end, the reason we were able to get Bill Clinton to sign welfare reform and four balanced budgets and tax cuts a whole range of reform measures, is that the American people did it. It's a lesson I had learned from Ronald Reagan, who used to say that his job was to turn up the light on the American people so they would turn up the heat on Congress. And I think taking the momentum you're going to have out of the commitment to America and the momentum that your members are going to have, you have a real opportunity to build up in November and December and January a national grassroots sense of what we have to get done that will enable you to carry things through the Senate and to carry things ultimately to force Biden again and again into the choice that Clinton faced. I mean, Clinton didn't sign our bills because he loved it. He signed them because he thought the alternative was losing the presidency. And it'll be interesting to see, given that Biden is both a lot slower than Clinton and that all of his advisors are much more radical than Clinton's, I'm not sure Biden can reach the same decision, but it will set the stage for 2024. I just want to close and say this, Kevin, to you. It's hard for me to express how really proud I am of the way you have very methodically over the last four years been leading your conference, bringing them together, talking with them, getting them to grow, getting them engaged as a team. I think not only are you going to be an amazing speaker, but I think you're going to lead an amazing conference. And I really look forward to seeing you become the Speaker of the House in January. and I want to thank you both for having launched this last week the commitment for America and then taking the time to share with me and our listeners what you're trying to accomplish, and I wish you safe travels and a remarkable election.
3: Well, thank you so much. That's a very kind comment, but I'll just say to the American public, join us. This is the opportunity. We've listened to you, and now we want to fight for you, and we want to be able to lead this through in the commitment to America. So thank you all.
1: thank you to my guest leader, Kevin McCarthy. You can learn more about the commitment to America at newtsworld.com. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Garnsey Sloan. Our producer is Rebecca Howell, and our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts, and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at gingrich360.com newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World.
2: Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity Voice Remote.
3: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss.